What's up, y'all? Anthony here from the Weird Crew Podcast. Boy, have I missed you guys so much. Hopefully, you have missed me too. If not, then I guess you probably would not even be listening to this. I can, however, tell you that I'm very happy to be back to podcasting. This is one of the things that I enjoy most in life. This is a creative outlet that uh, allows me to express myself in a way that I feel free and happy. I am definitely a happier person when I am podcasting. I am a happier person when I'm having conversations with people that I find interesting. What I have for you today is a little mini pod featuring the beautiful, amazingly talented Verona Blue. You've heard her on the podcast before when we did our VHS 99 podcast. If you haven't watched VHS 99, then I encourage you to go do so. It is available on Shudder and it stars Verona Blue. If you are a film producer, director, or have some general ties to the movie industry, uh, then definitely go check out Verona's Instagram where you can see some of her amazing auditions. And I can tell you this straight up. There isn't a single movie, TV show, short, or even commercial that wouldn't be better with Verona in it. Verona is one of the most talented and intelligent humans I have ever had the pleasure of knowing, and I'm very happy to call her a friend. So with that being said, without any further delay, let's get into the episode. Go ahead and drop my beat. I can't get canceled anymore because uh, I don't have a job anymore. I'm technically unemployed. So uh, yeah. you canceled yourself. I canceled myself. I did. I did. But you know, <laughs> Drew, Drew has a wife and Drew has a family, and you know, I can't. I can't drag Drew through my problems. You know what I mean? No, I think we already walked that plank together, but <laughs> we're, we're yeah, so we're, far past that. So anyway, Verona, I'm I'm so happy you came on. It's so good to finally uh, talk to you in podcast format. I mean, we probably spent a hundred hours worth of like calls and voice messages yeah. voice messages to each other over the years yeah so it's finally cool to get you on the, the schedules finally line up um you've been busy right you've been having a lot of shit going on is that correct uh I think it's all relative I feel like now is pretty busy but you know I I work as an actor when they hire me and I work as other things when they don't hire me so I I have to, I'm always doing something. And then I seem to have like a million side things that I, that are pretty constant. So I, I guess you could say I've been pretty busy. Well, let's, let's, let's take it, let's take it back to Bosch, right? Yeah. You, would you say Bosch is probably your most like famous role, I guess, and like, like your most recognizable role in terms of like a recurring character on like a major uh, television show? Yeah, for sure. Bosch is definitely like the biggest move I've made like in television for my career, for sure, the character Shaz is recurring over several seasons. She also wasn't supposed to be. She was only supposed to be in, like, two episodes. So the fact that they kept bringing me back was a really big deal. You know, she's really been established in the world of Bosch. And even though, you know, I don't appear in every single episode by far, people know who she is. Like, people are aware of who she is. She's not just a fly-by-night character. Like oh, she, absolutely she not. If creates you, if part you, of the story. If you watch Bosch, which I've seen every episode, and then I've also watched Bosch Legacy, which I was going to make that, you know that Pikachu meme where it's like the shock face? Yeah. I was going to do like that. It's like when you're watching Bosch Legacy and you don't see Verona. I was going to do like <laughs> the Pikachu face. So, you know, Bosch Legacy is still new. It does take place after the fact. It's not a prequel, which I do appreciate. I, like, I love Better Call Saul. I love prequels, but 
man, I, I wish more like shows would do like actual sequels. So you never know. There's still a chance you could pop up in Bosch Legacy. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure you haven't burned any of those bridges, but you know, I'm going to campaign to see you like in Bosch Legacy. Like, I mean, that would be, that would be dope. I, I, I think it's probably unlikely because Shaz is so tightly connected to Jimmy and what that a actor, character, by the way, how cool like, is he in real life? Is he oh cool my God. He's amazing. Not only is he a spectacular actor, like he is very specific. So he really only picks shows and, and films and things that like he really believes in that he really wants to work on, but he does like a ton of theater and stuff in New York where he lives when he's not, uh out in LA filming stuff he's really really nice he's very very cool he remembers everything so I wouldn't see him for like a whole year and then I'd come back and he'd like remember all my dogs names and ask how they are and like he he's a legit super nice thoughtful guy could not recommend him enough no but you know and the thing about Jimmy is like he has like one of the coolest voices like in television like I could just listen to that like you know, during, during, when when he takes over the screen, I'm just like, dang, he's got a cool voice. Man, yeah. this guy's cool. Yeah, I could just listen to him talk like all day, like super cool. So that yeah. whole storyline with you guys is is really cool. Um, so obviously, uh, you had your your. Uh, I guess anyone that watched Bosch, like I have seen every you know episode, and then has also seen uh, Bosch Legacy. Uh, anyone that's a fan of Bosch, all I would have to say is the bartender with blue dreadlocks, and they would immediately know know who you are. Not, oh yeah i mean the advantage of like having an unusual hairstyle and a bunch of tattoos and all of that uh is that you are immediately recognizable on television like immediately because there's there's nobody else you know currently on television that even closely resembles my even my current look let alone you know when i started on bosch but you had a complete makeover like you decided at some point it's like you know what i'm dishing the dreadlocks i'm gonna go for more like a mom look like what what led to that? And did that help your acting career at all? Okay. So, uh, I had my, so my hair were synthetic locks. Um, so they're extensions and, uh, I did have real locks for a while, but, um, I had these extensions for like a thousand years and my hairstylist is a really well, uh, known, um, lock hairstylist called Karen Wallington. She has a site and a company called Mod Locks. She teaches around the world. She's been like working on locks and her own technique for like over 20 years. Um, she's really incredible. She, you know, she's a white lady who lives in Iceland, but she teaches at like black hair shows and everything. And she's developed a line of products for um, like textured hair to like clean your scalp when you have like locks or braids. I mean, she like really cares a lot about that, like having people having healthy locks, no matter their background. And she now lives in Iceland, but she, I met her when I lived in Toronto because she lived in Toronto as well. And then when I moved to LA, she used to fly out to LA a couple times a year to do my hair, unless I was having to be in town in Toronto. And then um, she moved to Iceland. And so she was back and forth to Iceland, Toronto, Iceland. And then she would also sometimes come to LA. And I was like, this is not meant, this is not a sustainable system. Like a person, the only person who can do my hair lives not only now in Toronto, but now lives in on the other side of the ocean in Iceland. And she's flying out to do my hair. It just like is not practical <laughs> to have such a specific um, need for your hair. And I did have a woman here who was doing my hair, but she has a lot of chronic illness, including rheumatoid arthritis. So it was like really hard on her hands. So she was not always available to be able to do my hair. And there's just not a lot of people who who do that synthetic extension. 
So I kind of got to the point where I was like, I don't think I can really keep these anymore. I love them. They're my favorite, but it's just not manageable. So I was going for a wedding, um, for my friend's wedding, and I was going to get my hair redone when I was in Toronto. So the plan was to like take my extensions out while I was in LA, dye my hair, go to the wedding, and then get my hair redone while I was in Toronto. And I decided I would take them out and maybe leave them out for a little bit and just see. So I actually got like a haircut and a professional did it and not myself with clippers and it looked pretty nice. And so I decided to just see what happens if I left them out for a while. Um, and so I had blue hair still and I still had this mohawk, but uh, no extensions. And then during the pandemic, I was just dyeing my hair, whatever colors. And uh, I decided that I might try and grow my mohawk out. I'd already grown out one side. I thought I might just try to grow out the other side thinking that I just didn't know. I've never really had hair. I've always had a mohawk. And so I was like, I don't know what I could do if I actually had a full head of hair, but there's only one way to find out. And worst case scenario, I just shave it into a mohawk again. Like shaving it off is the easy part. It's the growing it out that's difficult. And then you realize you had superhuman hair growth. Uh, no, not at all. I decided <laughs> to grow it out. And uh, if you just, uh, hot tip, if you keep bleaching the shit out of your roots every six weeks, it doesn't grow very well. So I made the decision to go back to my natural color, which is like a dirty blonde, in order to try to get my hair to grow better. So the only reason I went blonde is because I was using the time when basically no one would really see me. I wasn't acting. You know, we were still in pretty hard lockdown, at least in California, so that I could just grow my hair out, you know, as quickly as possible with minimal processing on it and try to keep it like reasonably healthy. And so I kept that blonde hair for a year and I booked at least a commercial, maybe something else. I can't remember, but like overall, everybody hated it. Casting, you were doing, you were doing auditions like with the blonde hair, like your, your agent, like everyone was involved in like trying to get roles and stuff like that. And then I mentioned, I think you mentioned one time, it's like you did all that. And then, you know, someone saw an old picture of you and they're like, well, I want <laughs> yeah. you for, for, for this commercial, but I want you to look the way you yeah. did before you had the blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing I booked after I went blonde, it was like maybe a week or two weeks later, um, I booked this commercial as a playing, funny enough, a tattoo artist, which I had auditioned for about a million times and literally never booked. Um, despite the fact that I'm like covered in tattoos and used to work in a studio, like know all about it. Um, no, I could never book a tattoo artist role. And then I was blonde and I booked it. And the director went through my Instagram and found a photo of me that was like three years old where I still had my locks and everything. And she was like, can you look like this? And I was like, <laughs> no, dude, what? <laughs> no. And she was like, well, what if we put some dye in your hair? And I was like, absolutely fucking not. Uh, it took seven hours to get the blue out. My hair will absorb literally anything you put on it. No, there's no world. And I was like, you can put me in a wig. You can add like clip-in extensions. You can do whatever. But like, we're not putting any hair dye, temporary, no spray, nothing on my hair. And she's like, well, this is just a really cool look. And I kind of wanted to shake her and be like, you wouldn't have fucking hired me three years ago if I actually looked like that. You would have said I was like too edgy, too scary, too antisocial. And like, Sure, that was the vibe I was going for, but you wouldn't have hired me for this commercial if I actually looked that way. So yeah, that was the first thing. So I booked that commercial. I was like, oh, maybe it'll be okay. And then I think I booked like basically nothing else with the blonde hair and the industry started to pick up again. And I, I uh, sent a message to my managers because I was like, hey, I know social media is fake, but it seems like 
a lot of people are booking things and I haven't booked like anything. I'm not even really getting auditions. What's going on? And they were like, oh yeah, no, you went blonde and nobody wants to see you anymore. And I was like, cool. You could have told me that. Great. So I had a hair appointment that Friday and I just went back to the blue and, and things picked up. It's crazy, right? So stupid. It it, it literally doesn't make sense. Nope. Uh, no. Drew, is there any question that you have uh, for Verona before we get into like some of the some of the big news? Anything you want to hop in and say? Oh, I'm always down to just get to the the nitty gritty. Uh, I think it's pretty wild though with the whole hair situation though. That's pretty crazy. That's so, so I mean, now I have a full head of like blue hair. I I do have like a little tiny little shavy bit because I don't think I can live with like a full full head of hair. But I have like a little tiny triangle shaved out that's always shaved in a little spider web pattern. Um, but yeah, I have like, now I have, you know, I've been leaning a little more towards green lately, but I have a full head of blue hair. It's reasonably long equally as an unhealthy, but it looks, it looks good. I think. 